Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. One thirty-five in Edmonton. Back here on Oilers now. Brendan Ulrich in for Bob Stoffer today. Bob will be back on Monday. We've heard from Elliot Friedman on the show so far. Bob was on earlier. Greg Reynolds from our sister station, Kissing Country, one hundred three point nine FM, just slid into studio, and now we head out to Columbus. We're joined by. Aaron Portsline, friend of the show. He covers the Blue Jackets for The Athletic. Aaron, welcome back to Oilers Now. How's it going? Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me. No doubt about it. Uh, how's your summer been? Busy? What have you been up to? Yeah, you know, um, different than I think was anticipated. Like most people anticipated uh Lots of stories about contracts. Was Bobrovsky going to get done? Panarin going to get done? Warinsky going to get done? Uh, Tortorella going to get done? The management here is, is heading into its last year as well. And exactly none of those have happened. There's been other stuff going on, but the stories uh, this summer really have been, uh, I think, unsettling for a lot of Blue Jackets fans because they're not sure where this is going, specifically with Bobrovsky and Panarin. Yeah, it's interesting because this is a really good team, and uh, perhaps they were the team that maybe gave the Capitals in the playoffs the most trouble. Like, they were close to winning that series, and if it wasn't for that goal post, uh, I think it was in Game 3, double overtime there, they might have won that series, and who knows what would happen. So I think this yeah. is a really good team, Aaron. Uh, so it is interesting seeing what they are going to do here and all these rumblings. Um what do you expect happens with Panarin here and Bobrovsky? Do they just sort of play uh, the season out with them uh, not signed long-term, or do you eventually see something getting done? Well, I think I think the situations may be similar. Um, I don't think the club handles both of them exactly the same. I think, uh, first of all, I'll say this, I do suspect that both of them start the season with the Blue Jackets. I don't think anything is, is going to happen before the season begins. Um, I just find it uh, unconscionable, really, that both of these guys would be allowed to to just leave at the end of the season, that the Blue Jackets would expose themselves in that way where they just walk away without any return. I think the bigger concern is Panarin uh, because there's absolutely positively numerous teams that would want him and could fit him into their situation, I just measuring the words of people who make these decisions, I think they're going to hold on to him and see if they can get 
a deal that both helps them today and in the future. They know they're not going to win the deal necessarily. But right now, all that's on the table for, for Panera and from other teams is what you might call futures packages, picks and prospects and such, and they don't want to take a step back. So I think they hold on to him, but then it gets really, really awkward um, and difficult uh, public relations-wise for sure if this team is really, really competitive. Imagine them being first, second, third place in the Metro, for sure lined up in a playoff spot. I think that's what most people would anticipate. And then having to trade Artemi Panarin at the trade deadline. Uh, that would be, that's hard to imagine a GM having the, the guts to do something like that. And yet that's, might, that may be what has to be done. Yeah, it's crazy to think uh, that that might happen. I mean, he's so good. I mean, I'm a Capitals fan, Aaron, and I was watching every time he touched the puck in that series against Washington, I was sweating. Like, it seemed like every time the puck was on his stick, something good was going to happen for Columbus. Like, he's just so dangerous of a player. Um, But what is it with uh, the Blue Jackets and him? Is there some sort of maybe strain in the relationship, or why do you think he would not want to sign there long term when uh, the arrow seems to be going up uh, based on the roster that they have? Yeah, well, the organization absolutely loved him loved him and all of the things that they were hoping he would be when they acquired him last summer from chicago he's done all of those things and more um player to club i think the player likes it in columbus i think he's content in columbus for now i think the question is it's at least been portrayed to me is, is this where his next contract's gonna be seven or eight years does he want to commit seven or eight years to living in the Midwest? Columbus is a great town. It's a quiet town. I don't know if it's a, the perfect town if you're a young mid-20s guy who's looking at eight, nine, ten million bucks a year. There are some things that just aren't on the menu in Columbus. I think Edmonton's probably the same way. That maybe are on the menu if you live in Miami, if you live in New York, if you live in L.A., and that appears to be the desires of this player. So, of course, it's going to be portrayed or, or considered by many to be a slight against Columbus. I've not heard Panarin articulate in any way that he doesn't like the city. It's just that if he's going to commit to something long-term, and that's what being you know, an unrestricted free agent means, you get to pick where you play and who pays you, that he's going to pick, uh, it looks at this point, like a, a city that's, a little more uh, big city, perhaps near an ocean. None of those things that could Columbus could be if it even wanted to be that. Chatting with Aaron Portsline here from The Athletic in Columbus. Uh, so we talked about Panarin. You hit on Bobrovsky a bit at the start. Uh, maybe update us on that a little more. Uh, do you think uh, they sign him long-term uh, eventually when it's all said and done? Well, I, I think the desire is there again. Um, I'm not sure if they are as excited to make him the, the highest-paid goaltender in the league as maybe the player is insistent upon that. If he wants a carry Price-type deal, I'm not sure if that gets done. I think one of the reasons that they're willing to be a little more patient uh, with this and feel like it's less of a risk if he goes through next season unsigned is there are only so many teams that, A, have a need for a number-one goaltender, and B would have the ability to fit 10, maybe more, 11 million on under their salary cap. Uh, 
so that certainly doesn't mean that he wouldn't be leaving. I suspect he'll get offers from other teams for sure. But will they be from other teams that are, to him, more desirable than Columbus's? And goalies are a little bit different in that way. So, and they may have they may have the ability to uh, fill that position. Maybe maybe Corpusalo takes a big step this year, gets more playing time, and proves himself worthy of consideration for the number one job. Um, a lot can change in a year. I think they feel a little more comfortable uh, stringing Bob along than they do Panarin. Maybe talk a little bit about John Tortorella here and his uh, tenure so far in Columbus. Uh, clearly a good yep. record or regular season-wise on the playoffs. They haven't uh, been able to get over the hump uh, just yet, but uh, maybe that happens moving forward with uh, the emergence of uh, Wierenski and, of course, Jones, how good of a defenseman he's become. So we'll see what happens there, Aaron. But maybe you talk about uh, you know the fans uh, and how they've sort of responded to Tortorella, and uh, has he worried his welcome at all there, or are things uh, still good relationship-wise, and do you think uh, they can come to an agreement moving forward as well? Yeah, I think, I mean, the fans here, I think most of them really like him. I think some of them like him more than they expected to, which I think is typically been the case in his previous stops too, maybe not Vancouver. Wasn't there very long in Vancouver to win enough people over, maybe, but um, people here, you know, this is a, a lot of the fans here come very much from a college sports perspective where the coaches are everything. This is a coach's town. I think Woody Hayes and all the legendary antics of that man, they love a strong, passionate coach, and they've got one in Tortorella. I, you know, there have been there have been moments, the Matt Calvert comments and the back and forth at the end of this season uh, saying he his performance went up and down, quote, like a toilet seat. Maybe not the best choice of words, and Calvert fired back. But on the whole, I think I think the dressing room here. I think the players they may they may tire of him like 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 players do any coach. Um, but they, you know, I have not heard any sense that that the room doesn't like him. I, I think most of the guys really like playing for him, and they've gotten used to his level of honesty, his willingness to speak freely about deficiencies in players' games, and they stopped maybe taking it so personally as you might take it at first. Um, and, you know, the other thing that, that I think is always important to remember, how long was, was Tortorella in Tampa Bay? Five, six years? How long was he in New York? Five, six years? It was Vancouver where he flamed out. I'm not saying he did a good job in Vancouver. He didn't. But his history in markets is probably longer than the typical average length of a coach in the NHL. Um, so Vancouver is more of an aberration than, than a recurrence for him. I think he could be here a while. I know they're talking contract. They're talking long-term contract. I think they'd like to get something done before the season starts. But I don't rule out that Tortorella's here uh, for, for a few more years if he wants to be. Yeah, that's a good point with uh, you know that length of uh, stay in each city. So uh, I would expect uh, he'll be there long-term, too, because I really believe in uh, this team, uh, Aaron, overall. I know they didn't do a lot this offseason, which we, we hit on at the start, but we're, how good do you think this team can be, I guess, moving forward based on the decor that they have? Bobrovsky, a good goaltender. We don't know if he's going to be there long-term, but in terms of this season, it looks like he'll still be there. Yeah. And then the forwards... A young group there for the most part. Um, yeah, 
you have some up-and-comers. Uh, we saw Dubois emerge last season as a rookie. Uh, how good is this team, I guess, from your standpoint, and can they compete for a Stanley Cup? You know, I really like the Riley Nash addition. I think if you looked at this team on, on paper at the start of last season, their depth at center sort of raised your eyebrows. The way that Wenberg backed up last year, the way that Dubinsky fell off the earth last year really exposed that position. Um, if Pierre-Luc Dubois doesn't emerge as a difference-making player, they it, it's a long off-season in Columbus. The Nash gives them the, some stability down the middle. I don't know if he's the third-line guy. I don't know if he's the second-line guy. Yeah, these lines are how, how much it changes. But I like them being more stable down the middle. They're, they had a ton of forwards last year. It was the Artemi Panarin show for the first 60 games. Boone Jenner, Nick Foligno, Wenberg, they all went missing for the first 60 games of the season and turned it on offensively. Um, so, you know, I think there's reason to believe that that could be a little bit more consistent. On the back end, Wierenski's had two dynamite seasons to start his NHL career, but he was banged up almost all of last year with a significant shoulder injury, had shoulder surgery in the offseason, probably will be ready for the start of the season, but not necessarily. But that young blue line, the top pairing anyways, is absolutely dynamic. Um, the question in Columbus is which of those two is going to win a Norris Trophy first. That's a pretty good that's a sign of a pretty strong back end if you've got two guys to argue about. I think it's definitely a, a playoff team. I think it's a team that can win a round in the playoffs. But before uh, I think anybody starts to stamp this team a Stanley Cup contender, uh, you got to get out of the first round at some point and should prove to people you can do that first. Yeah, that's true. I just look at that that decor, and you have two guys that you just talked about that are so good in Jones Merwenski, and it, it sort of makes me think of like okay, Anaheim with Pronger and Niedermeyer. Of course, that's later on in their careers. We don't know if uh, sure. these guys can get to that level, but you know what I mean. I'm sort of saying sure. the blueprints yeah. there definitely for if you have those two guys basically on the ice. One of them is on the ice at all times in, in a game. So yeah, right. It is. It's it could be start. special. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, you talked about Riley Nash. Were you at all surprised, though, that they didn't do, uh, I guess, anything else? Or are they just sort of banking on all these young guys sort of uh, getting back to form or taking another step forward? Yeah, well, to be honest, to be honest with you, they were banking on signing Panarin and Bobrovsky. Yeah, right? okay. And yeah. Needing, needing the money. Uh, so, yeah, they've grown from from within a lot. And I think, you know, they, they, uh, they, they made a... Pretty big move last summer. People talk about the trade of Carlson to, to uh, Vegas, and well, that worked out really well for Vegas. But the other part of that was them unloading David Clarkson, and that was that deal was done with them looking forward to this summer, saying we're going to need some cash, we're going to need some flexibility, and it's a little frustrating, a lot frustrating that they've not been able to to really get anything done with those guys. I think that's why they weren't more aggressive. Um, among the free agency, I would suspect uh, this team could really, really be front and center with the headlines if they get into March and Panarin's not signed. I think they might become the team to watch, frankly, at the trade deadline. Because those, tip, those type of players certainly don't get moved much anymore at the trade deadline, and they don't get traded by really good teams at the trade deadline. Usually it's the other direction. So uh, I think the really, really interesting sort of uh, acquisitions and moves by Yarmulke Kekalainen for this club are still to come. 
Yeah, that'll be a, a fun story to watch. Maybe not for Columbus Blue Jackets fans, but for fans around the league. We'll see what happens there, Aaron. But uh, we appreciate your time today for giving us an update uh, out of Columbus. And uh, we'll get you on uh, during the season with Stoffer once he's back from holidays. Okay, that sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Friend of the show, Aaron Portsline. Joins us every time we talk about Blue Jackets. He's our go-to guy, and uh, he knows the Blue Jackets inside out from the Athletic uh, over there in Columbus. 150 in Edmonton. We'll take a time out. When we come back, we will uh, get to some text messages. Uh, We'll wrap up the show as well and send you off for the weekend. Fifty-four in Edmonton, back here on Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich soaking it in one last time, I guess you could say, on this show. Although, I will be back, uh, as Bob said, on September 7th. But this is technically, you know what? I, we said goodbye when I announced that I was leaving as the producer. Now I've been filling in for a little bit. But uh, I guess this is technically it as I uh, transition full-time into our sales department here at Chorus starting on Monday. The Fizzler. This is the text I wanted to save here from the Fizzler because I think this is the only positive thing he's ever said on this show. And maybe he's just saying this because he's happy I'm leaving. But he says, hey, BU, it was nice listening to you for the last couple of years. Enjoy your last show and good luck with the new job from the Fizzler. So that really warms the heart after... If I could go back through his text history here and read some of them out, it's just sort of funny to hear the Fizzler say that. But thanks, I appreciate that. And I appreciate all the fans, you know, that text into this show every day and interact with us. That really is what drives this show. I know it's Oilers and there are hardcore Oilers fans out there, but uh, you still need to tune in and uh, stick with us for uh, the show each and every day. And uh, it's been a lot of fun interacting with you and uh, being a part of this show over the years. So I sort of said my goodbye when I made the announcement before, so I'll leave it at that. But I really do appreciate uh Everyone that's chimed in over the years on this show and uh, that's also listened to this show and the podcast as well. Definitely miss it. And I'll miss talking hockey every day with Stoffer, but uh, hopefully he has me on every once in a while moving forward. 155 in Edmonton. Uh, Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight. And uh, he'll have Blake Dermott on, our Eskimos in-game analyst, to wrap up the Eskimos game last night. And uh, Reed is also going to have open line on the Eskimos. So if you want to uh, vent on what happened last night or some of uh, the uh, mystifying uh, just sort of uh, disappearances of the offense at times during games where they just go away and then they come back and then they go away, it's sort of like a roller coaster. Uh, but you can chime in and uh, let your, you know, give your opinion. Let Reed have it tonight on the show, Inside Sports Night 6 to 8 on the Eskimos. He also has a preview on uh, the Canadian Derby. The Eskimos, by the way, gearing up now for Labor Day. The rest of the schedule is tough. Oh, man. 
You have uh, Winnipeg a few times, Saskatchewan again in Saskatchewan, uh, the two Calgary games. It won't be easy for the Eskimos moving forward, but we will find out what this team is all about when they take on Calgary on Monday on Labor Day and then uh, the rematch as well. So should be a lot of fun. This one guy texts in. This is, we'll leave it at this. The one uh, guy that has something negative to say. Congratulations, Chad. You made the right move. I was thinking of switching stations. Thanks, buddy. Really appreciate that. Uh, my best friend out in Fort McMurray there. So you always get someone. Well, it's fine. It wouldn't be right without a little bit of that on the way out, yes, right? Exactly. Yeah. I'll read one last uh, negative text before I say goodbye. So it was a lot of fun. Bob will be back on Monday. He has uh, some big guests lined up next week. And uh, that is going to be awesome. So you'll want to listen to that. Uh, Patrick, thanks for helping out the last few days here on Oilers Now. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You might be on with uh, Bob again next week. I believe so, yeah. All right. And at some point, we'll have a new producer of the show. I just don't know when that's going to happen in the near future. So stay tuned for that announcement. It's uh, 158 in Edmonton. We uh, Great choice of music here, by the way, Patrick, to send us packing for the weekend. The Afternoon News is up next with Jayla Nine, Andrew Gross. But first, Bob Layton has the 2 o'clock news. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.